Welcome to another episode of the School of Purpose podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping emerging purpose-driven leaders and entrepreneurs who are seeking motivation, inspiration, and principles for success for their life, their business, and their career. Now let the class begin. Welcome to another episode of the School of Purpose podcast. This is Markeith Brayton, a.k.a. your Purpose Professor, CEO of Markeith Brayton Inspires, as well as the Master Coach and Founder of the School of Purpose. I am on a mission to help emerging experts leverage their expertise so they can build profitable brands online and do work that they love. I am so excited to be sharing with you today's podcast because today's podcast, I have a special guest who happens to be a college buddy of mine who is now an HR expert helping to connect individuals with the right jobs that pull on the right passions and skill sets, allowing them to create the lives that they love. Did you know that about 70% of employees in America are either indifferent or dislike their job. Gallup did a survey in 2014 and 2015 that simply stated this, that employees are stagnant on their jobs and that they truly are not fulfilled in what they are doing. And so today I am talking to my buddy, my friend, Dwayne Cash, about how do we truly connect our skills, connect our gifts and our passions to a career that's more fulfilling and that will help us lead lives of success. So this is going to be a great episode, a great opportunity for you to tune in if you are an employee or if you are someone who's really looking for more purposeful work. So just sit back and relax and take some notes because Dwayne is giving us some great advice on how amplify our career. Dwayne Cash, thank you for joining me today for another episode of the School of Purpose podcast. You know, when we were in college, we would affectionately call you Cash Money. And I love that name because, you know, it was just an endearing name that we would call you while we were there at Kentucky State University. I'm so excited that we are talking about this subject matter because your article that you published in LinkedIn or your blog post that you published was one that was highly viewed and and many people made comments on it. And I thought it would be great just to have you on to talk a little bit about that published article, but then also to learn more about you and about your business there in New York. So why don't you go ahead and tell the listening audience who you are, how you show up in the world and any other information that you feel like you want to share today. Sure. Thank you for the warm introduction. I'm happy to be here chatting with you about these topics that help people, inspire people. Um, I'm from Harlem, New York, uh, born and raised. Uh, Spent 17 years there before going to Kentucky, where we met. A great friend and mentor at the time. Still is. Still are. So, Um, And learned a great great deal about myself, my life, my interests. Um, studied business there, left there to come back to New York to pursue a grad program in HR. So I really got, became attracted to the idea of helping people navigate their careers, 
their work life um, and kind of figuring out how to get to the places they, they want to be you know, mm-hmm. step by step. And so um, left the grad, graduated from the program and started my career in media at a company called News Corporation. Um, we had a parent company of 20th Century Fox and all the Fox entities, um, which was my intro into the, the HR space. So I left there, uh, went to HBO for about six years, um, more operational, leading to a recruiter role, supporting different um, revenue-generating teams, uh, sales, marketing, digital, creative, um, got my, foot, my, foot, my feet wet in a bunch of different um, key areas like the internship program, um, temp services is leading to full-time recruitment for uh, key, key areas across the business. So I did a lot of hopping in my career. Uh, I left HBO to pursue an opportunity at uh, Viacom and TV networks at the time um, as a recruiter supporting their uh, digital um, ad sales and marketing space. Okay. Uh, spent maybe three years there before going to NBC Universal uh, for a short stint. Um, after after NBC, I, I decided to uh, resign um, and take a step back to figure out what I really want to do with my career. Uh, that I, I was reaching a point where I started to become bored and unchallenged a mm-hmm. bit. And so I, I resigned and took a couple of weeks to kind of think about what's next. Do I want to maintain um within this industry should i go and stretch myself a bit more and learn a new industry and so all those questions i I challenge myself to kind of you know answer uh but end up picking up a uh a contract consulting role at a company called about.com uh was supposed to be three months which lasted a year really really learned a bunch about digital you know across all different business areas, which gave me like the, the stretch I needed, um, which led me and inspired me to kind of start my own uh, recruiting agency, uh, which I partner with media companies to find talent, um, as simple as that. So across key areas of business, uh, at the core, it's been sales and marketing, um, but really it stretches across HR, analytics, research, whatever, the need is, you know, I go out and hunt and find and, and place um, and kind of continue the relationships with the people I place um, as well as the companies. And so learn about their business, how to help them solve business problems, which to, in my case will be talent problems. And so if it's at the director level, is it sales marketing, what have you, it's just tell me what you need and I'll go find it for you. Aggressively hunting for it. But yeah, that's at the core. And so um, Amplify Recruiting, uh, I've been up and running for about a year and two months now um, with a few um, clients within media. But this year I'll be focused on going beyond media to kind of stretch myself once again, um, because I think I've learned a lot about the media landscape. It's always changing, um, but I think it's always kind of good to, to keep your, uh, to stay relevant you know, and so, and not take the easy road. For me, media is easy. Um, and now I'm kind of jumping into other industries that are not so easy. So um, I think it's important to stretch. So. Awesome. 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 So sorry for the long winded. That's all <laughs> right. Uh, Amplify Recruiting is the name of the company. You know, Cash, one of the things that I always ask every guest and everyone who I interview on the show 
is how do they define purpose? How do they define success? Because, you know, many of us can be considered successful, but yet be off purpose. Yeah. And many of us could potentially be on purpose, but by the world standards, not be considered successful. Very true. So how do you define purpose and success? Well, for me, it's really rooted in passion. Um, And my story is that I ended up in recruiting, but recruiting is something I never wanted to do. And I recall my manager, there being an opening on my team and my manager at the time said that, I think you should do this job. It's a recruiter. You know, I was like, no. And I ended up turning it down twice. And she came back to me one last time to say, hey, either you stay where you are in your career, you don't move, or you can kind of stretch yourself, you know, earn more money and grow, you know? And I said, yes. Um, but it's the thing that I was running from because for many reasons, and, and now that I reflect on it, it's like um, perhaps my, my passion for helping people and learning the business. And I think they, it was a good marriage for me. She was able to kind of see those things that I wasn't able to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm having lunch with her next week to thank her personally uh, because had she not kind of put that pressure on me, I think I would have been in a very, very different place. But I think for me, it's been more about helping people um, at the root of what I do. And so when I see good success stories or people healthy and healthy uh, work relationships, um, that makes me proud. Um, I managed an internship program while I was at HBO for about maybe four years or so. And to kind of see some of those young people, you know, do great things now, their managers, their directors, they've gone on to kind of do so many amazing things. Um, But I think this start was really in this internship program, kind of giving them the resources and tools, insights, and kind of really pulling together an effective program that really taught them. Um, So educational in nature, but now they're kind of giving back and kind of grooming younger people to kind of, you know, keep it going, you know, I guess pay it forward. Uh, that to me is success, um, but it really is rooted in the things that you're most passionate about, you know, um, the things that get you up in the morning, uh, that spark curiosity, um, that drives, it drives the agenda for me on a day-to-day basis. And so I think without that passion connected to this thing that I'm doing, um, it wouldn't exist. I wouldn't exist. Um, so I think success is really defined by how many people you're able to reach and help. Um, And I think every day I kind of start with that thought. Um, Who can I reach? Who can I help? Even if it's beyond just the work stuff, I get a lot of people reach out about, here's my resume. Can you give me some tips? Or I'm uh, I'm having this issue with my manager. How do you think I should navigate it? You know, I want to resign. Do you think I should go back to school? Is it the right time? And so Given what I've learned about the industry and working in HR, I think I'm able to offer some things that are, uh, are very insightful and helpful to people to help them navigate that process. Um, I think it's common sense things, and I have to take a step back, like, well, you've worked in HR, so it's not so common sense to you, but um, these are the, this is where the work really lies in the space of giving them behind the scenes, like what's happening, how the industry is changing, and um, offering that guidance, I guess I should say. Great, great, great. So those are great answers. And I like the idea or the fact that you said it's about really about impact. 
the number of yes. lives that you can touch, the number of lives that you come engaged with in order to make the impact to do the thing that you are passionate about, to do the thing that you truly are called or purpose to do. And so let's go ahead and get into this article, which is the main reason why I wanted to do the interview. And I like the title that you gave it. I hate my job. Six steps to finding a job you love. And the reason why I like that title is because, you know, studies show that it's about 70 to 80% of the working force <clears throat> in America either are indifferent or truly dislike the work that they're doing. And when I read that, I was like, well, why do people consistently or constantly keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, knowing that they don't like it? And a lot of times it has to do with our financial decisions that we've made. We've got Absolutely. responsibilities that we have to take care of, and we don't know how to make that transition. And I believe that your article kind of helps with some practical tips on how to make the transition from where you are to where you want to be. And so what inspired you to write this particular article? Well, I get to talk to a lot of people um, all the time. Um, and, and it's people who are going through a, a job search or people who just randomly reach out or friends of friends. Um, and a lot, and, and it's just a great deal of listening I do to the issues they have on their jobs, uh, feeling stagnant, um, frustrated, no career growth. Um, and so I think this is a consistent thing with people. Um, and to your point, some people are more driven by the financial. Um, they, they live a certain life, and so they can't change their scenario. And the idea of starting over is really daunting and scary for most people, especially if you have kids and family and obligations. Um, so I think just listening to people's stories um, and trying to provide some insight and guidance that might help a lot of people um, versus having one-on-one -on -one conversations consistently with people about this very thing. And so it was more about here's what's going on um, with a lot of people right now. Let's figure out what I can put out there to help uh, while people are in that process of deciding, do I stay, do I go? or how to navigate those internal challenges that they face from day to day, a job to job. Because once you're in your job and you started your career, it's hard to kind of make a pivot and to do something completely different. And so there's so much risk involved with it. Um, but I think the process I mapped out is low risk, but it really helps you sit with yourself to figure out um, all those key elements. And I think first driven by you know, that disconnect, you know, when did you start feeling, you know, like you hated your job or has this been consistent like for the last five years or three different companies? Sometimes it's leadership, sometimes it's you, you know, um, and you have to really own your part in this process, you know, and be very reflective so that you don't make the same mistakes over and over again. Um, and those who are really driven by, um, by salary, I think that's, that's probably the biggest mistake there is, you know, but some people have to work to take care of the bills and stuff like that too. So they don't really choose a job based upon what they really want to do, what they most passionate about. They choose it because I have a family to take care of. I have my mom to take care of. And it's more the, the salary becomes the most attractive thing or the golden carrot. And that, that keeps you there. And so you wake up 10 years later and figure out like I, I was never happy. Um, which is unfortunate. 
Wow. And so that is the what. That's the what to what the problem is. And so some of the steps that you gave us were, number one, you said that if you want to get into the job that you love or the job that you have passion for, you said you want to sit with yourself and figure out what don't you like about your job. Why is that important? It's important because it's accountability. I think that's the first step because you have to determine if it's them or is it you, you know, and if it's 50% them, because sometimes you can, I imagine no one's going to take a job that they hate from day one unless they really, really have to. So I think it's more about owning the things that you're good at or the the, the missteps you've, you've made, but it could be a leadership thing. And so I think you need to determine uh, how to analyze it from different angles and be honest about it throughout the whole process. And so um, I've learned that a lot of people, um, they'll say, hey, I hate this job. The manager sucks. Um, But why do you think the manager sucks? Is it because of the stuff that they won't allow you to do? Mm -hmm. You know, they won't allow you to be creative or they don't hear you. And so it's more about, well, I have ideas, but I want them to be heard. And maybe that's the reason why this job is not for me. Um, it's more about accountability and putting things in their appropriate boxes so that you can figure out your strategy. Because if you say it's all about the manager, now the, the next time you go on your job search, you're going to be focused on the management style. And so hopefully you can kind of say, if I hated my, my manager back then at this job and it made me uncomfortable, then you're more, you're more um, likely going to really... Uh, stress throughout the job search process, you know, management style and um, as a key piece of your job search. And so I think the things that you don't get in your job, it really drives the things you look for in your next job, you know, just like most relationships. So we didn't have fun enough and that your next person you, you, you date ends up being very, very fun. Um, so I think it's more about boxing those things and taking accountability and responsibility for your part. Because um, more, more times than not, I think we have a piece in this process. It's not simply the job or the company or the management. So um, you've got to be honest Good. about that. All right. And you highlighted in this particular, you said not only do you have to identify the things that make you feel disenchanted about your job, but also force yourself to pinpoint when you started to feel this way. Yep. So number two, you said, determine what your must-haves are. What are the things that motivate you on the job? Why is that important? Well, I go back to my first job um, out of grad school, and we were all playing this. It was an icebreaker for HR folks. And so they had a deck of cards, and they said, hey, here's some of the, what are the things that's you know going to really motivate you to stay here? And people picked them out, and I think they – important piece of the, the, the process was pulling out your deal breaker. So that mm-hmm. thing that can happen where, you know, if this happens, I'm gone, I'm done in the relationship. And so um, I noticed a lot of people were picking out compensation, salary and benefits. And the stuff that I was picking out was more about management and leaders and growth. And um, I think those are things that really make you happy and engaged. And so you have to be true to those things. And so, um, for my, for some people, money engages them. It's like, that's the motivation to come in every day. Um, but I think for a lot of people, um, 
relationships at work are important to them. You know, being respected is important. I mean, I think my, my deal breaker I found out was um, respect. And so if I don't get it, then I'm, I'm out. And so, but in that process, you determine like how to manage your career. And so if you telling me that respect is your deal breaker, if you're not getting it, that leads to a conversation which could end the relationship. You have to be true to that thing because if you're not getting respect, you're never going to be happy there. And so um, I think people have to pay attention to who they are um, inherently. Um, I think that gives you a lot of insight on how to navigate um, the interview process, find the right job, the right company culture, all those things really matter. I see companies as people in some regard because they have personalities. You know, I think financial services is more buttoned up. Uh, media is more kind of laid back, you know, and you've got to figure out where you fit in there. And so um, the cultural piece has norms and expectations. This is how we do things around here. And you've got to pay attention to those things because you'll find yourself um, in a very unhealthy relationship. Um, it's not the company because a lot of people will come in that same environment and do extremely well. Mm -hmm. uh, it's more about knowing yourself, you know, what you hate, what you dislike and, and what you can't tolerate at all. So, yeah. That's good. And one of the things you highlighted in number two was that in order to survive these days, you must be a disruptor, take it apart, look at it from different angles and layers, then rebuild. Even when you are at the top, great advice. And you alluded to it in your answer for number two. And, and I think that the next two are really akin or likened by me because I talk about these two things all the time. Number three, you said, ask yourself, what am I good at? Right. Share a little bit on that. I think people need to be honest about, uh, I, about their skills and abilities. Um, and I think these are the things, an important piece of the process that's going to help direct your search. And so um, it gives you that, I guess, compass in terms of helping you define how to sell your skills to the next company or next job. And so, and being really clear on the things that you're really good at and the things that you need work on. Um, I think people don't want to own the things that they don't, they're not good at. Um, and they take that. And so you're selling that you're good with Excel when you have basic Excel skills and then you fail in your job the next time around when they actually do an Excel project. Um, and so being honest about that process and so, um, so that you can know what areas of development, uh, your, also, your, your professional development too. And so if you know you're not good in Excel, or to stay with that example, um, you go out and take a class, you get good at it. Um, and don't sell it as like a, a, a wolf ticket, you know, to get the job. I think I've seen a lot of people do that. Um, I meet all the requirements. And sometimes managers or hiring managers don't do enough, a, a good job at assessing those skills that are like hardcore required for the job. And so they get there and they try to figure it out and they mm -hmm. fail, you know, and that is the beginning of a damaged relationship because you lied. Um, and now I don't trust you. And so and this is the reason why I hate the job because now, you know, I, I sold you a bag of wolf tickets um, to get the job. Um, and so I think you have to understand that your brand, like knowing how to manage your brand and how people interact with your brand. Um, if you're putting out there that you, you lie, 
you know, that's that that stays with you for a long time. And so um, it's hard for you to get in a, 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 a second job or the next job because people talk to people, you know, behind the scenes. Like, I'm not hiring Dwayne because he's awful at recruiting. Don't even talk to him. You know, um, and knowing that it's a very small industry and people know people, you got to like give your best stuff or give people a great experience for your brand every single time and be consistent with it. And so um, I think it's important to kind of go through the exercise and say, I know I'm good at these three things. I know I need to work on these two things. And, you know, your manager may have told you, like, you're not great at these things. And I think sometimes we take it offensively. How dare you? You know? Um, when at the heart of it, they're trying to help you. Um, sometimes it's hard to listen to criticism and constructive feedback. We're not always ready and open to, to receiving that. And right. that's where we go wrong too, because here you had an opportunity, you know, two years ago to kind of fix that thing because you were so defensive, you never fixed that thing. And it's, and it's still a problem. Um, so going back to the, the, when did you start hating your job? It could be because of these, these things that happened mm -hmm. along the way. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what I, what I hoped to have put in there is this um, kind of learning how to like receive feedback. Um, that's really important. And take it, um, take it and do something with it. You know, even if you don't agree with it, um, sit with it. And figure out, well, if, if this person told me I'm not good at this, I think I'm good. You know, how can I be better? Um, even if I think I'm great, you know? And that's what, going back to that point, where even when you feel like you're on the top, you know, there's still more work to be done because I think the idea is that you're a beast at this thing, you know? Um, hands down, there's no one that could tell you anything about this thing. And that's how you figure out, you know, if you're really good at these things, if you're the expert, if people are coming to you constantly for your opinion on a particular thing, um, there's something there. You know, it's not always about like what I think I'm good at. What are other people telling you you're good at? You know, um, advice, communication. Right. I want right. you to speak somewhere. I want you to sing somewhere. That's really good intelligence that people sometimes don't pay attention to. And so you have to pull it all together. Good, so it's not good, only what good. I think of me, it's what others think of me. Not because I'm asking you, like, what do you think I'm good at? Because I think you're prone to, like, find the good things. But I think um, just naturally, like, Dwayne, I know you're a good speaker. You know, go talk to these kids about their careers. You, you'd be good at that. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And that's good advice. And I like when you said managing your brand. And most often, I'm dealing with entrepreneurs and individuals who are aspiring entrepreneurs. But even at getting a career or getting a job, personal branding and managing your brand is still very important. And so I like the fact that you brought that up, that it, you still probably, have to manage your brand even when you yeah, are seeking employment. It's probably the most important thing, especially for entrepreneurs and people who are doing their own thing, mm -hmm. uh, because people are going to, well, it's one thing to tell people that you're good at something and you have to consistently prove that you're good at that thing. And so by giving them a good experience each and every time, it really um, kind of uh, pushes the idea. And so and if you give one person a great experience, they're going to talk to someone else about you. Right. Uh, and they're going to talk to someone. And so that's what it's, it, it's, it's attached to this idea of like, you are your own PR too, mm -hmm. you know? And so wanting to give everyone that that great experience and um kind of proving that you know 
you can do what you say you can do. So it's, it's two parts like skill and ability and two parts like really being a seller, you know, a PR person, your own marketing person. And so when you, when you decide to kind of go and be an entrepreneur, uh, you have to wear many hats. That's true. Um, some of them don't necessarily fit your head, you know, but I feel like you have to make it work um, and get good at it, you know, or, or hire people um, to do those things for you. But I think starting out, most people don't have the resources to hire people to be, you know, they're everything. Right. So, right. Um, and this is the thing that I guess when you venture off to kind of your thing, I think you get stretched, stretched in ways that make you even more remarkable. Um, I'm not a, I, I, when I launched my website, uh, there's this woman in my, in my network. She's like, love your website. Please tell me who did your copy. Like, it's fantastic. It's amazing. And I was like, I did it. She's like, no way. I mean, hmm. but I had to sit with that and kind of figure out how to, how to reach people, how to be an right, engaging. Right. And it's just, you have to be in your head all the time about how people are going to receive your brand, you know, be it your, your brand that you're building, but your personal brand. I think I spent a lot of time in my head about like, how is this going to say, how are people going to receive this? How are they going to react? And so before I do anything, um, I get second opinions, you know, send it to my friends, the people who are in my mentor uh, circle. It's important that it's just not a me thing. It's what I want to do. I need to see how people might react to it in a very, give me the real deal with it. You know, What's your gut telling you after you read this article, after you, you know, do this particular thing I'm asking you to do? So a, a piece of it, again, going back to that, being open to criticism. There's many articles that I've written and my people said, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, but like, what don't you like about it? And so that's my mm-hmm. next process. Mm-hmm. Um, what was a disconnect for you? Um, and they give me my, they've given me feedback and they've helped me to kind of really tease out things that make the content more relatable um, to not only one particular group, but like everyone's interacting with this thing, people young, older people, you know, very diverse groups of people. And so it's more about reaching people to extend your brand. Um, Sorry, I think I I over, (laughs) yeah, sorry for the long answer. Good, good. Number four, you said use the skills you came up with in the previous question or exercise and determine what your next move is going to be. And here you said, when you don't get the validation and affirmation we need from our superiors and employers, we begin to second guess our abilities and ourselves. And so you're going to use those skill sets and those things that you have determined that you were good at, those things that I like to say are easy to you, but hard for other people exactly. to determine what that next move is going to be. So talk a little bit about that. Well, I think for me, here's an opportunity for you to almost rebrand yourself. Right. And okay. so you sit with yourself. I know that, you know, I'm good at communication. I'm good at marketing. I'm good at, you know, presentations. And so you got to figure out, is it the industry? Is it the job I don't like? Because opportunity to kind of rebrand yourself and pitch yourself to a different company to a different area to something you've never done before and so knowing that they're from company to company job to job they're they're transferable skills and so how do I package myself in a way that makes myself a general candidate and not so locked into this one particular thing I've been doing you know 
So looking carefully at job description to say like, it's calling for communications, marketing, I've done that. And you're checking these boxes and knowing how to speak the language. Um, and, you know, telling people that you are um, versatile um, yeah. and flexible and adaptable. I mean, especially when you're thinking about making a career change, uh, but it's all in how you sell those skills to other people because, Anywhere you go, they're going to recall for good presentation skills, communication skills, marketing. Um, it's more about the packaging. You have to figure out how do you really effectively tell that story about who you are, what you're good at, um, and leave room for interpretation. And so um, versus locking yourself down into like this, I've been in insurance for the last 15 years. That's all I know. But figure out what you've learned by, you know, being in this job. Um, and if you've been paying attention to yourself, I think you can come up with some really key things that are general that any employer might jump on or hop on. I've seen people make transitions in their career from, you know, uh, going from, say, uh, IT to like being in marketing, being in accounting to being in sales. And so mm -hmm. um, you have to figure out learning the industry, I think, is really a big right. piece in that, too. So. Right. That's good. And you, you pretty much talked about number five because number five was tell your story and being able to uh, really share with those who may be hiring or those who uh, may be interested in your services, knowing how to tell that story. And you said here in number five, you are the only person that can author a book about you. So being able to tell that story as though you are writing your own biography yep. is a great skill. It is. And you know what? In talking to many people, it's the thing that they struggle with the most. And I think mm -hmm. it's quite fascinating um, because I think that's the number one. When people ask me to read their, review their resumes, it's more about, you know, the storytelling aspect they struggle with or, you know, how do I get all my skills down? I can't think of all the things I've done over the last 10 years, what things to include, what things to take out, what things are relevant. You know, but I think when people start to pay attention to the trends and so if you work, if you've been working in insurance to stick with that example for 15 years, you have to, I would have to imagine that, you know, what's changing the laws that affect what you do, um, uh, your thoughts on the industry five years from now, all these things are really important. And so, okay. um, knowing how to really speak the language of a company or a brand. And so I tell people like, it's more about being able to kind of speak different languages. And so if you're going from insurance, you've got to learn the, the media space to kind of say like, what things really are they passionate about over there? And so, and when you do that, go through this exercise and kind of packaging who you are, um, I think they look for that kind of insightfulness around how do you brand yourself? And I think to give you an example, there was one, um, a marketing candidate that I that I interviewed for a job and great on paper, but um, the in-person experience was really a big disconnect for the employer because it's like, well, if you're going to be charged with marketing our brand and services and you're not able to market yourself, then that's a problem, you know, because we couldn't even buy into your story. It seemed all over the place um, and it was hard to follow. And so pay attention to those things, you know, people want really clear and concise um, ideas of who you are, what you bring. 
and don't be long winded with it. You should be able to write off, you know, who I am um, and what I've done and feel pretty confident about that thing. And if they, if they sense a lack of confidence in that delivery, I think it gives them pause. Gotcha. Great, great, great advice. And then the final one was to redo your resume. You said your resume should let the reader know who you are, what you've done, and what you're looking to do next. The who you are section sets the tone and helps to hook the reader with your narrative. If you're not able to do this, they'll check out. And so this sounds like almost like having a good headline just to grab somebody's attention. It does. It does. And you got to think about all the articles you read these days, you know, that grab you in um, and, you know, uh, inspire this curiosity in you. And I think people want to be curious about you. Um, I've, I've had many hiring managers uh, go through resumes and like, doesn't sound exciting to me. I'm not excited. I'm not wowed. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, what does that mean? Oh, wow. They want to be wowed. I think by, uh, the choice of words, you know, your, the brands you've worked for, uh, the story behind those things about what you learn, um, what skills, strong skills you bring. They mm-hmm. can look at a resume and say, like, we don't have these things in our team. Actually, I thought I was looking for what happens all the time. It's like, I thought I wanted this, you know, in my new hire. But, like, now that I've seen these things in, in Marquis' resume, we need some of that. So let's tweak the job, you know, and think bigger about um, this person making a bigger impact throughout the team. So that happens a lot throughout the process. Once hiring managers start looking at resumes and going through the process, they sometimes shift and redefine what they're looking for based upon the people, the talent that's out there. And so if you're not telling them and really selling yourself effectively, you know, that sometimes inspires curiosity. Like, you know, he may not have everything we're looking for, but he certainly have the things that we don't have. And so if he could bring that, so maybe we, we were looking at this in a different way. And right. so pull out all the stops, you know, mm-hmm. without being too wordy and too like a paragraph, five sentences. No, that if you have a five paragraph intro on your resume, that means you're not concise. And so this right. is how a hiring manager kind of looks and reviews like it's too wordy. I don't have time. You know, it's more about like, you know, impact, you know, punch and really sell. Um, and being clear about what you really want next um, and not really settling in that process. Um, and if you're going through this process of changing careers, like knowing the language of the, the industry you want to go to, the company, that's going to really jump out to them. And most people don't notice, but in the, usually when a hiring manager crafts a job description, the three bullets, the top three, the first three bullets are typically the most important things that they're looking for. Okay. You know, structure that. And so if you are really having trouble um, doing your resume or applying for particular jobs, look at those three or four bullets because, and pull some language in there from there um, to really help grab them in your intro or your profile. Um, I would move away from objective statements. Um, I think I appreciate, appreciate uh, profile summaries that really gives you more meat, you know, uh seeking uh, there's nothing in like seeking media internships in media companies like that's okay (laughs) now what um Mm. so go a little deeper you know and um use this opportunity to kind of really wow people people want to be wowed the decision makers want to be wowed good 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 
And so those are the six things or the six steps that will help you find a job you love or a career you love. And I'll go through them real quick again. Number one was sit with yourself and figure out what don't you like about your job. Number two was determine what your must-haves are. What are the things that motivate you on the job? Number three, ask yourself, what am I good at? Number four, use the skills you came up with to determine your next move, the skills from number three. Number five, tell your story. And number six, redo your resume. Well, we're going to take a quick break and play a commercial, but we'll be right back with Dwayne Cash as we go right into our Your One Thing, which are just brief responses to these questions so that we can get some insight on you, Cash, as an entrepreneur, even though we've talked about how to get a job or step into a career that you love. We'll be right back. Sounds good. Are you a speaker? author or coach who desires to build a personal brand of influence so you can attract more clients and increase your sales? Or perhaps you are a pastor or a minister who wants to expand your ministry beyond your local church. Or just maybe you are a career professional who has a desire to build a personal brand lifestyle business so that you can have more time to spend with family and friends and more time doing work that you love. Well, I've created a free membership program called the School of Purpose Membership Program. This membership website will house video tutorials and resources on personal branding, social media marketing, and basic business startup strategies so that you can do work that you love and have passion for. If you are interested in building a personal brand of influence that pays, then you want to join the School of Purpose membership website by going to www.schoolofpurpose.net. That's www.schoolofpurpose.net. Come on, join the School of Purpose membership website and learn how to profit from your purpose. And we are back as we are interviewing Dwayne Cash of Amplify Recruiting in New York, New York. And he just got finished sharing with us the six steps to step into your career or job that you love. And we're just going to go into our Your One Thing questions, just to kind of give us some insight on Dwayne's productivity and things that he does as an entrepreneur, even though he helps individuals find jobs and careers. And I believe there are some people who are going to be coming your way and trying to figure out, well, how do I transition from a career to entrepreneurship? Because some of these same principles apply even in entrepreneurship. And so your one thing, describe yourself with one word and explain why as brief as possible. (laughs) (laughs) I would say thoughtful. I'm going back to all the feedback I've gotten from managers and friends. I think um, going the extra mile, um, considering all things when I'm thinking about doing something um, or bringing an idea, pitching an idea, I think um, thoughtful. Yeah. Awesome. 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 What's one online resource or tool that has enhanced your productivity and or focus? I would say LinkedIn. Um, there's a ton of uh, insights, resources, articles, you know, from experts who are uh, well-versed in the space. So it's a lot of intelligence out there that, that people should, could take advantage of. 
but they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond just applying to jobs, I think there's a lot of um, resources. What's one book that's had the biggest impact um, on you? I was thinking about this question. I would say The Alchemist. I love mm-hmm. the book. Um, it you just helped to, before. yeah, it just helped me to stretch my mind and the way I think about myself and my journey a bit. Um, so it's been really remarkable for me to kind of uh, read it again for the second time and, and kind of pull out different things to see how I've evolved. What's one book that you're reading right now? I'm, I'm not reading anything right now, okay. but um, I do. Uh, it's this book that I can't remember the full name. It's like, it's not how good you are is how good you want to be. Mm. It's a small read. Um, mm. Actually, uh, one of my coworkers a few years ago gave me the book. And I never read it. So I'm going to read it um, yeah. this week. What's one thing you would do if you had a million dollars to invest in your business today? I would invest in people, um, teach people, hire people, teach them um, the industry, um, everything I learn, um, and make them experts in the field so that they can go out and help other people and encourage and inspire people. Awesome. What is your number one ritual that helps you stay focused, intentional, and in alignment with your purpose? I pray every day before, I, as soon as I open my eyes, I pray and I'm thankful. Uh, sometimes I, more, more times than not, I go and read the Bible too before I start my day mm-hmm. um, to give me that inner peace um, and direction from, from day to day. Um, I don't have all the answers and I try to open myself up for guidance um, from, from God. So Good. If you could meet any entrepreneur or major leader, who would it be? Well, I, 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 I like disruptors. And so I think Google came in and changed the game for uh, online and internet. Uh, Facebook did the same thing. So I think if I were to meet like a CEO or a leader of an organization, I think to learn what their thinking was, their process and how they look at and analyze problems. And so um, the most successful people are um, people who've been able to solve problems. Good, good. And what is your number one favorite aspect of being an entrepreneur? I really like helping people um, solve their own problems when it, when it comes to their career, um, offering insight and wisdom. Because I think the things that are really common to me aren't common to a lot of people. And I had to take a step back to figure out that I've been exposed to a lot of stuff in the last 13 years. Um, things that people would never be exposed to from an HR perspective, from a business perspective. Um, so I, I love when people are happy um, doing what they do. Good. And our last question and your one thing is, what is your favorite thing to do in your spare time? Because everything is not about business and making money. I really like to connect with friends and family. Um, like I had a, a brunch over a la- at my place yesterday and okay. it was, it's nice to kind of be around like-minded people, good energy. Um, I think that really inspires me. And so, yeah. Great, great, great. Well, Cash, why don't you go ahead and let the people know how they can connect with you via social media or your website so that maybe they could stay engaged and uh, continue this conversation. Sounds good. I can reach that. Uh, I'll give you my personal uh, email address if anyone wants to reach out and have questions about it, but it's uh info uh, at amplify-recruiting.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn, um, Dwayne Cash. Uh, I do have an Instagram account. Sometimes it's uh, 
just personal posts and sometimes it's like inspirational quotes and so you can find me there as well so nice not nice, on facebook nice. though not on not facebook, on facebook <laughs> gotcha well before we close what is one last piece of advice that you would give that person who's ready to make that career shift or ready to make that transition into entrepreneurship and really needs to work on the resume or work on really identifying, okay, what do I do well? How do I communicate that story? Well, I think it's so searching. I think people, I would inspire and encourage people to kind of sit with themselves um, a few times before kind of making any kind of move or any kind of decision. Be very thoughtful, think it over, involve other people in the process. Um, and do your research. Uh, I think that the thing, either you start a new job or starting a business, the research piece uh, is the most important. Knowing what the industry trends are, um, knowing what value you're gonna bring, that value proposition is really important. You know, either you're going to a job or starting a company, wow. and how to make yourself, how to distinguish your brand from other brands that are out there doing the same thing. What are you gonna offer differently? Um, that's gonna be the key that's gonna help you thrive or help you uh, encourage someone to take your call or respond to your email, you know, um, distinguishing your brand and having a point of view that's very different from everyone else's. And that's so good. And those of you who watch and listen to the School of Purpose podcast, you'll know that in a recent podcast, I shared with you the importance of having a succinct and clear value proposition because I shared with you that I had even updated my own personal value proposition. So I'm going to ask Dwayne to critique mine real quick before we leave this particular podcast. And so my new value proposition is I help emerging experts leverage their expertise so that they can build profitable businesses online and make money doing work that they love. That's my value P. I think that sounds amazing. Cause I think what, what <laughs> I heard in there is like being really clear on what you do mm -hmm. um, is really important. Um, and the value you bring, you know, and how do you help other people? Um, and why me? Um, wow. I love that. I, I think it's very succinct, uh, concise to the point. And people can walk away knowing exactly like, okay, if I want this, I can definitely go to Marquee. I, I think now you're making me rethink my own. So thank you for the homework assignment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Cash, thank you for joining me for the School of Purpose podcast. This was going to be, I'm, this is going to be, I know, a very well listened to episode because I know there are people who really want to make that shift into doing work that they love and that they feel purposed and called to do. So thank you so much for joining us for the School of Purpose podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you. You're welcome. Wow, another great episode. And I must say that Cash really gave us some great information. And I call him Cash because that's what I would call him in college. But Dwayne gave us some great information on really how do we land the opportunities. I don't want to call it just a job because I think that these principles that he shared were very universal. How do we create opportunity that allows us the opportunity to do work that we love, work that we have passion for, work that we have a desire to do, work that excites us each and every day? The Dwayne Cash, thank you so much for sharing your expertise. I want you to visit me as stated in the commercial during the podcast 
right there in the School of Purpose membership program. All you have to do is go to www.schoolofpurpose.net. Create your free account so that we can continue to stay connected. Also, I want you to go to iTunes and begin to rate and review this particular podcast. I love to see your comments and your ratings in iTunes. This really helps us to grow the podcast, to build the podcast. So I definitely want you to go and rate and review today's show. I'm appreciative of you. I thank you for joining me each and every week. I hope there was something that was said that ignited a new fire in you, that ignited passion within you, and that ignited intentional purpose within you. Because I believe that there's something greater just on the other side of your push. But you have to do the work. You have to take 100% responsibility for your actions and for your life. Let's grow together. Let's move together. And let's create the life of our dreams. God bless you. Have a great week. And we will be right back here next week for the School of Purpose podcast.